When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. And welcome to, well, we're recording. This is the final recorded episode in 2019 of Fright School and the very first episode of 2020. Yes. <laughs> it's just like uh, New Year's Day this year because it's exactly. the first of the year, the first of the decade, the first of a new something. What was the whole thing? I don't know. There was a meme going around. Yeah. It's the, it's one, we have one foot in the past yeah, and one know. foot in the future. Something out there. Like, it's the first of the decade, the first of the new year. I don't know. This, this is stupid. I've already wasted time. Hello, Joe. <laughs> Hi, Joshua. Happy happy new queer. Happy new queer. <laughs> new queer, new year. Yes. Um, new year, same old fucking queer. Same old fucking <laughs> Same old you. Same um, old you. You know, I... I side with Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes. Like, I'm perfect. Why should I change? Every, you're all the ones with the problem, not me. <laughs> um, no, I, uh, yeah, I don't really, I'm, I'm not too big into this day, but um, I'm happy for those who are. Um, if, you know, you made lists and you're going to work through them or you're going to go to the gym or you're going to. Yeah, if you're going to. Whatever. You know, maybe you make a list that's not about, you know. Maybe you maybe make a health list that's not about losing weight. Yeah. Oh, you must have seen um, uh-huh. Professor TJ's post. I sure did. Yes. He. He. That, I really appreciate that. Actually, of like you know, this is a tough time of year. It does a lot of people feel reminders of things of you know oh, yeah. all this stuff gets kind of shoved in your face, and not everybody's trying to you know be fucking. Um. Damn. You know, I really should have had like a muscle-bound queer name right there. Who? Yeah. muscle Like a muscle-bound queer name? Oh, I don't know. Who? Who is that? I, I don't know. Chad? <laughs> Something? No, I meant some oh. celebrity. No, oh, some we celebrity. We not all want to be Gus Kenworthy. Yes. There we go. <laughs> you know. That's a good That's a good one. <laughs> some of us are just fine being like Brian Posehn's character on the Sarah Silverman show. You yes. You know, like we just want to eat junk food and watch movies okay yeah like <laughs> some of and us... endeavor to do more of that in the new year exactly <laughs> yeah new, new year new new year stuff is is difficult for uh for people that are of size of fat people my fat brothers and sisters yeah there's a lot of and non-binary um Everybody, siblings you know if you don't if you're not this is just that time of year where i i can understand where that would feel you know, everybody's in your face with that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Cause it's also like a reminder too of like, it's a reminder of like everything that you didn't accomplish as well. Cause there's so much promise in the new year and, and not just like on a weight loss thing on just like right, an everything yeah. thing, just everything. 
Yeah. So, you know, sometimes the sometimes the new year gets people down, but yeah. All right. Well, this has been your <laughs> educational <laughs> moment on the suckitude of the new year. Yeah. And, uh, we're raging cynics. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, hey, do you. New year, do you. How about that? I like that. <laughs> new year, do you. <laughs> I do like um, that. Some of us have been doing ourselves already. So. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, love that. I love that. So let's see. I wrote a couple things down to mention. First of all, I have an Uber driver story. To start. <gasps> <laughs> oh, it's been a while. Right, okay. sure. I shouldn't even say Uber because it happens in all of them. Uber, Lyft, everything. Yeah. Juno. <laughs> well, well, Juno's defunct now, but yeah. Anyway, so yeah. do no, share. It's coming home today, and sometimes you get those drivers who – they know everything about driving and they know everything about everything about everything. And this guy, he just like, at first I thought we were going to have a conversation, but then he was just talking at me and I'm like, Oh, I don't like this, you know? And I kind of had to tell him like, you know, I don't drive. I use this all the time, constantly. I, I, I use Lyft and ride, you know, Uber, ride all shares, all of them. I use yeah. them all the time because I don't drive. And I'm like, and everybody's tried everything, you know, like, where I live and where I work, there's no easy, there's no sneaky way around the traffic. There's no... <laughs> there's no secret way. There isn't. There just isn't. You like, just have to deal sorry. with it. Yeah. And he kept going, well, I bet nobody ever tried this before. I'm like, oh, yeah, they did. And <laughs> it took just as long. Like, you know, it's like, that's the thing in, like, here. Like, okay, yes, I don't drive fine, so maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. But I've been a passenger for a very long time, so it's like, I know. Like, sometimes it's best just to sit in the damn traffic because it's straighter. Like, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a... Wow. Straight path. Yeah, you like it straighter. Yeah, huh? exactly. Yeah. From where I live, it is. It's a straight shot. If you get off the <laughs> damn freeway and you just stay on the highway and it just goes right to where I need to go. Like, yeah, the traffic sucks, but it's, it's you know, the quickest way anywhere is like yeah. a straight line, whatever that nonsense is. Exactly. Something math. I don't know. That's a math thing. Anyways. Yes. It, but, the you know, sometimes drivers like, well, but if we go this way and we turn this way and we go here and we go there. I'm like, yeah, and we spend 15 extra minutes trying to avoid all the traffic and the ride's not any shorter. You know, it's just silly. It's like, just get on the damn highway and we'll just get there, you know, slowly, but surely. Yeah. And because I have been, it's like, everybody's tried everything. And he just, I don't know. He was just being, he was so strange. He's like, nobody's driven in this town as long as I have. Like he was like a hundred <laughs> years old or something. And he wasn't. He was like a grizzled old veteran. No, right but share. exactly. Like, That's how he was talking. But I'm like, dude, you look like you're in your like mid forties, maybe early fifties. Like, what are you fucking talking about? Like, you know, I see 80 and 90 year old clients who, yeah, you know, have definitely been driving Longer than you, I would say. You know, nobody's driven in San Diego as long as me. You know, it was just the strangest comment, you know. And I'm just like, no, I, I'm i telling you, they've tried everything and blah, 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 whatever. And I'm like, well, okay. You know, so I kind of, we wrap the conversation up. I put my headphones in. <laughs> I'm listening to the podcast. And he is still talking. And it became it clear that he didn't need me. To engage at all in the conversation. Oh, like, he Lord. was perfectly fine just <laughs> talking out loud to himself. Talking at you. Yeah. You know, it was just the strangest thing. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Man, this is weird. I don't know. Anyways, I haven't had a weird driver in a while, you know. Um, so I thought I would share that. Because it was. It was a bizarre experience, you know. And I just don't understand. the. It's like, man, really, at the end of the day, I don't care. Just get me home. Like, I don't care. You want to go try some... 
crazy backworld way that yeah. doesn't exist. Fine, what is it? Don't do talk it. to me and deliver me safely. Yeah, I mean, I don't even like care if we have a conversation. You know, it's just he just like it, we, like I would try to say something and it was just so dismissive. Like, no, I think I know better as I've been driving this, this town. It's just like so weird. <laughs> like, I love I, like, I stop people it. who. Just as this a general thing, not just with rideshare drivers, but like people who are just super contrarian or anything you say, they have a story that's better. Yeah, are just like grating on the psyche. Yeah. Like it was just like, a weird experience. I just came back from D.C. Oh man, I used to live in D.C. I was a congressman. You know, <laughs> <laughs> suddenly it's someone, Penelope or whatever. It's Penelope. It's like um, I've been to the moon already. So. Yeah, I've been there twice. I've been there twice. Just more than you. <laughs> just more than you. So I was just no, like, I'm just saying. People who are like that are just really grating on the psyche. And I. So what happened? So did did, 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 did he deliver you? Eventually, safely? he petered off and stopped really talking. You know, and then I was kind of like, I went. I, I start. I was looking at his profile because he kept trying to bring up the like church. In, like, a weird roundabout way, you know, talking about how, like, they're tearing down this church and, you know, churches do so much for the community. <gasps> no. Which, I mean, actually, I mean, I agree with to a certain extent of, like, you know, when we had Laura on and we talked a little bit about, like, the church supporting, like, poor communities. Like, a lot of times you could get a, a meal at the church and the child church care did, at the church. Yeah, did yeah. do outreach. Like, I absolutely agree. And he was talking about, like, the homeless population and, you know, t- taking down this particular church, how bad it was going to be for, like, you know this part of town and i'm like hey i have no doubt like that does sound awful you know and he's kind of going on and on about you basically the horrors of capitalism without really talking yeah. about it because that's the thing he's talking about in this round you know they'll just do whatever they want and mow down i'm like yeah people with money will do whatever they want like, yeah that's, exactly that's the way it goes basically what there it's like you know we create there was a system that was created where like any sort of like community altruism is being done by like a religious entity and not by the state yeah so, so I mean, if they're tearing stuff down or yeah. whatnot, whatever, you know. But it's by design. But yeah. then I started looking at his profile, and there were all these like one after the other people like talking about Jesus and Hallelujah and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, so he's probably had lots of which I've gotten that too, you know, where people like, have you ever heard of The Rock? You should, you should come, in. you should come, <gasps> no. you know. And you're like, no, I don't want to, I don't want one do star, that. one star. No, and I won't. It's not even that. It's just like, oh, that's nice, you know. Or like, um, I was down at class um, on like the last day, my final exam for the last semester, and I was in the um, elevator with a group of women, and one of the women steps forward. Like it was pretty quiet. I had my thing, you know, and she's like, hey, "Excuse me, are are you on campus a lot?" And I was like, yeah, I'm here fairly regularly a couple times a week, you know, for class. She's like, oh, she's okay. Well, we have a Bible study group. Like, if you want. Oh, and I'm God like, bless. oh, honey, no. Thank you. But no. Like, good for you. Great. But no. no. You know. So it's like, I'm not, you know, I, I'm, it's not even necessarily like being rude or whatnot. You know, it's just like, it was just weird. This, like, him bringing up different things. And I don't even know why I brought it up now that I think about it, except to say that it was just a strange interaction overall. And then, like, the Jesus stuff kind of also freaked me out. So I'm just like, you know, <laughs> I I just want to, yeah, I just want to get home. Yeah. You know? And, again, sometimes I just want to scream at people. Like, I just, you know, listen, I talk all day long. All day long. I just want to sit in my I car. This your car. Right, exactly. Like, I appreciate the ride, and I'll give you all the stars and all the tips and all the things. Yeah. Just, you know, I just really just want to go home. Um, there's a podcaster uh, named uh, Fran who 
uh, talked about this on um, on his show, and he said that what he does is that um, if they start talking to him, and when even when he has his uh, headphones in, he'll just say like, "Oh, I have to do something for work. Like I'm doing something for work right now," uh, and then just like then they stop because uh, you know, yeah, who knows what it is? He's like. You know, and also you could also not be listening to anything. And well, I think that some yeah. people are just like more. And again, like it's not always like. There's definitely times I have great conversations. I always like you know had an awesome conversation about like the state of politics with somebody in the car. You know, not too long ago, it was a great conversation. But there's just sometimes where it's like, oh gosh, social cues. You know, but some people are just yeah. not going to. You know what I mean? No matter what you say or do. Like, they are engaging with you. You are in their car, and they yeah. want to talk, and they want to share things with you, and they want to um, lead you to salvation. Yeah. You know, or whatever. If I've ever – the times <laughs> where I've gotten in people's cars where I felt like maybe they <laughs> – maybe a little unsafe, I started to, like, you know hu- – I started to engage with them and, you know, humanize myself in that way. Um, but mm. so that way, you know, they don't bone bone collector me. Yeah. Well, again, it was just a funny thing. So. You know, I thought the, you would enjoy hearing that story. I, I did Our enjoy poor it. Poor listeners. Like, what the hell are you all talking about? Well, it's, about? It, you know, <laughs> most people at this time of year, right, you know, around the holidays, around New Year's especially, are going to be taking ride share. So, yeah. you know. So watch out out there, people. Yeah. Some, you know, you better like, watch out. You know, just, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they might know the better way. Yes, they definitely they do in, know in, the better way. In in a lot of regards. Yes. <laughs> All right. So besides that, um any fun stories you want to tell? <laughs> About rideshare? No, um, I just mean in general. Uh, anything to share? Any last any uh, any last thoughts of the year? Last thoughts of the year that are oh man so positive. Listen to us. This this yeah this year was pretty great. I got to be honest. Um, you know, I turned thirty this year, and I had a very lovely thirtieth year. Um, you know, doing this show and my other show and producing podcasts and getting out there and you know traveling for it it's been really great and And look at you um you know somebody reaching out asking questions and you're helping yes suggestions exactly people are awesome i'm starting to be sought out and you know out by people to ask about stuff and you know it's it's really good everybody wants a podcast everyone can have everybody wants to be us yes i say in my miranda (laughs) priestly glasses This is where I walk away from you and throw my phone in the fountain. <laughs> That's all. But yeah, it's been it's been a really fun year and um I'm looking to doing this, you know, as much as we can in the next year and decade, I guess. Yeah, exactly. It's a whole new a whole new horizon for yes. for the fright school. Yes. Uh, so I thought we could just go back and forth here before we uh, dive into today's movie and just uh, say some of our favorite things from 2019. Doesn't have to be anything. I do want to. I have a list of horror films, of course. Okay. Uh, for the end, but um, I thought if there was anything that you wanted to, you know, any shows that were your favorite or music. Well, I mean, or... I, I have to say that I did enjoy. This was the year that I saw a lot of stand-up comedy. Yeah. So I went and saw a lot more stand-up comedy than I had in previous years. And I made a list at the beginning of the year of like 20 comedians that I wanted to see or I wanted to try and catch their shows. And they were all um, they were all either queer men 
women um, or people like there was no cis white or men. people. They were people. Well, no, they were like people of color. They were not like there was no cis het white comedians. And out of the 20 who, how many did you see? Um, I didn't get to all of them, but I did get to. So you failed. I, well, yes, I failed. <laughs> <laughs> Ending the year with failure. Um, I made it to, I think, at least um, seven comedians. I'm pretty sure I made it to seven, but yeah. So, it, and I'm there's people that I put on the list that like never come to San Diego or LA, and even they do come to LA, it's like yeah, the middle of the week. That's hard. So it's just you know, but they're doing those weird sets where they do five minutes or ten minutes <laughs> exactly, and I just I just can't I can't with that. But um, let's see, I made it to Ali Wong. Um, I saw Guy Branham, Nicole Byer, Eddie Izzard. That's one, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, I saw six comedians, so not quite nice. ten. But um, and then I saw like some really great like cabaret stuff. Like I saw, um, I saw this musical comedy cabaret in New York, and I also saw a Christmas musical comedy show in L.A. And it was just it's interesting because you know the these are people who are doing variations on the form of not just let's just do a stand-up show or whatever like and i'm starting to realize that i do love like a very <laughs> i do love an odd cabaret type style setting so yeah totally that's i i love seeing like the drag cabaret shows like at uh, martini's above fourth you know i saw oh yeah Rue, and i've seen jackie beat there yeah oh yeah i saw jackie beat with you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah yeah there you go so like you know jackie beat was a great time and I got to travel more this year than I I made it out to the East Coast like three different times this year, um, which when that I was good when I when I thought about it I was like wow I I did that three different times that's uh that was a lot of travel for me so you know that's and we traveled together we traveled yes. together we survived traveling together we did we did although um, two hotel rooms from now on two hotel rooms from now on yes, yes. um. Other, either that Although my or, snoring has improved, I will tell you. I was going to say, we, you're, we're either pumping you filled with water <laughs> the entire time <laughs> or um, or two hotel rooms. No, don't worry. We're going to have two hotel rooms. <laughs> and we're working it into the budget. Um, to drop some money in our tip jar, please, to so make sure we get two <laughs> hotel rooms. Uh, but yeah, it was just, it was a good time. And I had a really fun time uh, doing this show with you. Yeah. And I cannot wait to keep doing it with you. That sounds weird. Um, That's sweet. Yeah. Very sweet. Um, I want to talk about horror films too, but I'll wait for you to, to go first. Uh, yeah. I um, Yeah, no. 2019 was very interesting, obviously, because the last two months um, of it were horrible. <laughs> right. Know, losing uh, my mom. Uh, so 2019 will definitely be memorable in that way. But, you know, I did. I saw tons of great music, uh, which is my other love. Um, played lots of fun shows and, you know, had a good time. So I thought I would just shoot off, you know, just to promote some of my favorite tunes. Um, I just wanted to give, um, if you follow me on Facebook, if you're a friend of mine, or, I mean, I, I think my profile is largely public. So if you want to look for me, Joshua Napier, uh, you can see my full list of 2019's, uh, in my opinion, best records. Uh, so, um, Pony by Orville Peck, of obviously, because mm -hmm. that was fantastic. Uh, Walk Through Fire by Yola, who I'm going to see in February. I can't wait. 
Um, Kiwanuka by Michael Kiwanuka. That record was really awesome. Um, let me see what else here. Jamie by Brittany Howard from the Alabama Shakes, her solo record. Lovely. Uh, Late Night Feelings by Mark Ronson. Yes, yes. That was that was a really fun uh, album. And then, of course, I love Madonna's new album, and I did enjoy uh, Melissa Etheridge's new album, but those are like old faves. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah. I just wanted to uh, promote that. Um, those, uh, those albums were some of my favorite, and I saw a lot of those people live, or we'll see a lot of them live coming up in 2020. Uh, so I feel very, very lucky in that in that realm. Yeah, that's really great. I <laughs> no, it's thank just, you. I, I feel it's like great. Um, it's great. I feel like one of the failed resolutions that I had was to see more live music and to see more live yeah. music with you. Um, I do remember you saying that last year that you wanted to. And I feel like maybe we'll just carry that into. We'll just flow that across yeah. to the to the new year where. We're just like, because the thing about it is that, like, I am definitely, like, I'm a live theater person. I'm a live cabaret act person because it'll start at a specific, it'll start on time at a specific time. Yeah. Um, concerts for me, like, I just, I also just don't like going to shows if I don't know a lot of the catalog. Either I have to know nothing about the artist or I have to know most of what they have. Uh, and there's no middle ground. Yeah. So... I kind of did that this year with um, I had a, I had a, I have a subscription to the symphony and one of the th- the first in my subscription is a night at the symphony with Rufus Wainwright yeah and like I don't know anything about Rufus Wainwright other than like his covers right so um, that was a really interesting show for me because it was just beautiful and his music is lends itself to kind of that symphonic setting yeah, absolutely. Um, and it just kind of made me fall in love with his music, but you know, I I feel like it was such a such a specific moment. Yeah, that I don't know if I uh, necessarily would see him outside of that again. But yeah. it was beautiful, and I was like, not uh, my intention was rap the entire time. Plus, he's a great storyteller. Yeah, and he's releasing a new album next spring. Oh, so wow, you'll be signing up so for be that. Signing up for that. Well, you should definitely get a ticket and come see Yola with me. I think you'd enjoy her. Okay, she's like bluesy country. Ooh, got a great voice. Okay, yeah, she's popping up on other people's stuff, and she's on that late night uh, feelings record. No, sorry. Not her. She's on the High Women's record, which is also really good, mm-hmm. um, which is sort of like a super group of these awesome uh, women. Uh, country? Music. Yes, very country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very old school country. They have a song about, um, it's called, it's like the lyrics are, Jesus loves his sinners and heaven is a honky tonk. Oh, Yeah, it's awesome. Um, all right, so... Other ba- oh, you know, I was going to plug real quick. Um, Unbelievable on Netflix was really fantastic. We watched that all day, like yesterday. What's unbelievable? Um, it's like based on this story about this girl who um, was violently sexually Is that the one with Tony assaulted? Collette? Yes. Oh, okay. I yeah. heard that was really and good, too. And then they, like, talk her out. Like, the police basically talk her into saying that she made it up. And then all these years later, you know, they find out she wasn't, you know. So it was really, really good. So just throw that out there. Uh, okay. If anybody hasn't seen that yet, I recommend it. It's it's a tough watch just because of contact, uh, uh, content. Um, he's cl- my arm is clawed all the way up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he just I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, Hemlock just screams to get in here and then starts to ruin our shit. Just being a jerk. Yeah. Anyways, um, 
so yeah, if you haven't watched that, it is it's a difficult watch, but it was really fantastic. Okay. Um. All right. So getting into the horror. Yes, the horror. So I made kind of a quick list of pretty much like what I really enjoyed this year in 2019. These were some of my favorite moments. So uh, top of the list is Midsummer. Midsummer. Yeah, I really enjoyed that Midsummer. Um, really, really great. I have the director's cut queued up, so I'm looking forward to watching that. Probably director's cut. Yeah, it's Ooh. like got an extra 30 minutes or something. God. Like that. Yeah, it's supposed to be insane. Uh, more insane. Yeah. Um, also, us. You know, us yeah. was wonderful. Uh, I enjoyed Netflix in the Tall Grass, the based on Joe Hill and Stephen King's um, co-written story. I liked how they adapted it, and um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was. I thought it was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked it. Chapter two. Okay, you know, I still haven't seen it. It's a very difficult story to tell and it definitely like lagged in a few parts but i still i thought it was fun you okay. know um i discovered you know when i sat back and i thought you know i uh, trying to find the horror films quote unquote horror films released in 2019 that i saw because so much of the horror that i watch is for this show and it's so often older things yeah that I find myself, I'm not watching a ton of horror in my everyday life just because I'm thinking about this show and thinking about what we're going to watch and, you know, kind of plotting it. So I didn't see a ton of the horror released. Um, so this list, I, I feel my list is a little bare bones for what was released in 2019. Uh, but Love Satanic Panic. Yeah. I, so I had to put that on, on, my, on my, my little list here. And I really enjoyed the Scary Stories adaptation. Mm-hmm. It, it was fun. It, it, maybe not necessarily like horror horror, but just yeah. as like a kid and like my early experiences. And, you know, I've talked a little bit about this on the past show, on past shows, um, you know, with, the, with those books. I really enjoyed how they put it together. So um, movies I want to see. I also made a list of, of, of a couple films that were released in 2019 that I still really need to see. One, The Lighthouse. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, there's another film. It's called Tigers Are Not Afraid. Tigers Are Not Afraid! Yeah, I want to see that. Sorry, that's Brennan. Brennan Klein from Attack of the Queer Wolf has been talking about Tigers Are Not Afraid for, like, ever. Okay. It's on his, like, one of his, his list of, like, the best things from this year. So I think it's on Shudder. I'm pretty I sure think it's so on, too. I think it's on Shutter. It might, I think I feel like it must have been released in the states this year, but yeah. it's from like 2017. Yeah, it's it Mexico. took a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but I hadn't heard about it, and yeah. so it's showing up on a lot of lists as well. Oh my god! And I yeah. really want to see it. Um, then there was the Golem, the Golem on um, Netflix. I've heard or of it. This. Is on Netflix now. Uh-huh. Um, I really want to see that. And there's another movie called Braid. Yes. Yeah. I've heard that I need to see Braid as well. Yeah. So I've got a few. That one's on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got a few films going that I really want to watch. So maybe we should consider doing them, you know, for the show. Definitely The Golem. We will definitely do that mm-hmm. uh, for uh, this show um, coming up in, in the new year. Uh, but these others we might want to tackle as well. So, But those were movies that were released in 2019 that I didn't get to that I really want want to mm-hmm. very soon cool. so all right now you. for me for horror from this year we match on midsummer mm-hmm. we match on uh satanic panic um of course um i really enjoyed dr sleep yeah um 
it was so strange because I was like, that was probably the least horror horror film that I watched. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it was very, I just thought it was, you know, kind of supernaturally actiony thriller. Right. But I, I loved it because of that. I think I, you know, I've said famously that I enjoyed it more than I enjoyed The Shining. Um, Ma. Yeah, I really liked Ma, and then you know, oh yeah, Ma should have been Ma should be on your list. Um, Ma was great because of it was just this campy great thing, and it was also just I I didn't think it was going to go in the direction that it did, but like it's it. I'm starting to see the tropes and horror that I really relate to, and we'll talk about that a little bit more when we talk about this film. Uh, the film for today. So, um, but yeah, Ma was a really great, and also it was just a fun viewing experience seeing it with, uh, seeing it with Professor TJ, um, which was like, which was just hilarious. Um, let's see, um, other horror from this year. Um, I did like scary stories as well. I thought it was really great. Um, I need to see a bit of fun. Yeah. It was just like, you know, I, I definitely an odd setup into um like setting it up to go into like a series like to be some sort of franchise Uh, so we'll see how that goes i still need to see um it chapter two uh and that's on my list of like the things that i have to see this year and also i need to i really need to sit down and finish happy death day series yeah so happy death day one and happy death day two yeah i watched um both uh well i watched happy death day last in 2018, or whenever it came out, when it when it hit like the yeah 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 uh, the streaming services, uh, but I did just watch Happy Death Day two not too long ago. I it, you know it's diff- it's very different. I mean it's horror, but it's a little bit Back to the Future. I feel yeah mm-hmm. you know, but it was fun. So you might enjoy it. You might enjoy it even more because it's not as horror. Or did you not see the first one either? No. I watched. I started watching it on the plane, okay. and then I fell asleep. Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> and then I was as like, happens. "As it happens," um, and I there's and and yeah. So I I feel like those are the films that I that if I just you know going off the cuff right now are the ones that really stuck out for me. Um, there's a film from this year that I also want to see, but I don't know. I hear it's very hard. Is um, the Nightingale? Which is um, from the director of um, the Babadook, and it's also it's a very difficult film uh, because of how abundant and graphic the sexual violence is in it. Hmm. But it's because um, it takes it takes place in like um, in penal colony Australia, uh. and it's about a woman and her fight against her um, her captors, uh, but. But I hear that that's also a horror film. Um, it's horrific in other ways. Lighthouse is also one that I hear needs to be watched as well, too. Yeah, it just looks very interesting. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I also, <laughs> not, and then of the films that like I saw without you, again, like I do love a really good fun, you know, just kind of just a fun romp as well. So I loved um, Escape Room. And uh, Crawl. I yeah. thought Crawl was a lot of fun. And especially for what we're doing right now, like our um, our creature feature. That right, we'll, once we get we'll, back, we get back regular, into it. Our regular um, programming. I would like, it, you know, on air right now, I'll encourage us to maybe add Crawl into that because um, it was a, it was, it was pretty great. 
It was a, oh. it was a pretty great, uh, you know, little creaturey actiony film. All and right. Bird Box, Bird Box. Te- well, no, Bird Box technically came out, I guess, in 2018, but I can't remember now. <laughs> Gets all mixed up. Well, still, that's a pretty good year in film. Yeah. You know, saw lots of good horror. I kind of wish that I um, stayed with Santa Clarita Diet and Sabrina, because um, I still haven't watched finished the current seasons of those two shows. Yeah. Um, and I really like Little Monsters. All right. So there you go. Yeah, all Little Monsters is, da- is yeah. on my list to, oh. to watch soon, too. And The Perfection. The Perfection was really creepy, and I loved it. I loved every minute of it. So, that's it. Awesome. Well, that's a good mix. You got a good good, uh, good yeah. list there. Uh, share with us, dear listener. What you liked. Yeah, what you enjoy. Post on our Facebook, which thank you for liking and following and subscribing yeah. and all of those things. I um, will. Um, I will say also, just you know, just to do a little plug of Palooza that on my other show, Art Time of the Month, oh, yes, me and my co-host Miss Wendy have um, cre- have uh, crafted a list of our top five arts and culture moments that are not horror in ah, 2019, as well as our top five arts and culture moments of the last decade. Oh, so uh, those episodes, by the time this comes out, those episodes will be out. So check out Art Time of the Month. Art Time of the Month. There you go, dear, dear listener. Um, Yeah. Here at Fright School, we, you know, we we don't just scream into the ether. No. There are earballs listening and soaking this up. Exactly. And a lot of you are really wonderful people. I'm sure all of you are, I should say. Because I don't know each and every one of you. But if you're listening to this... You're pretty great. Yeah, you're, you're probably pretty awesome. And um, I do. I'm gonna do a little. We're just gonna have a little moment of appreciation. Uh, we got a um, a message from a listener, Becca. She reached out on Facebook and sent us a um, sent me a very lovely um, note about uh, uh, my mom passing and shared her own story about losing her mother. And um, I just thought it was very very sweet and. Um, a really cool, because she's not somebody that I know, at least, you know, it's not like it's one of our friends who listen to <laughs> this show, you know, she's just this person out there that's connected with what we're doing and um, kind of had the same horrors heirloom, you know, her mother gave her Stephen King to read and, mm-hmm. you know, she sort of formed her, you know, her own horror, horror love, you know, yeah. from this sort of a similar story, similar vein. And, you know, it's kind of cool that we do this show and people listen to it and, you know, we, we find all these connections and, you know, ways to support each other. And so I just have yeah. to be, take a moment to be very grateful for our, our awesome listeners and the people who are liking and posting and sharing yeah. our stuff. Uh, and all the people that we like met this year too. Yeah, exa- that's exactly where I'm going. Yeah. Um, you know, all the, Awesome people that we met at, like, Midsummer Scream and, of course, you know, our friends over at Horror Movie Night and the Jersey Ghouls, uh, who have also been a very uh, important support network um, this year and for the show. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of cool. Yeah. (laughs) And I just wanted to take a moment to be sappy and be grateful for that. Yeah. Because it's very, very fucking cool. Oh, can I tell you about... Something that happened at Christmas. Sure. So, Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> um, Here at the house? No, no, no. Oh. At um at my my family's Christmas. Ah. So my my cousin's um son uh, is a is a little horror fan, and he's um I think he's eleven now. And perfect. 
perfect age. And every time I say, oh, I saw this movie. Have you seen it? He'll be like, yeah, I did. And he's like 11. He's like, he's seen like Carrie. And, you know, so I'm just like, oh, this is Joshua. Is that you? <laughs> is, this, is this you? He's a horcrux. Yes, he's a little horcrux. Um, he's a horror horcrux. And um, I asked him, I was just like, and I just started asking him like things that like I really hope he's never seen that, um, like asking him if he's seen it because he probably has. Like he saw it chapter two twice. Um, and I volu- I told his mom, I said, you know, I volunteer to take him to any <laughs> horror film that he wants. Uh, just let me know. And um, I said, hey, have you seen the new Black Christmas? <laughs> just, you know, for fun. And he looked at me and he was like, he looked at me dead in the face and he's like, no, I haven't. But it didn't get good reviews. And I was like, ah! Wow. I was like, wow. He, I love him. He read that movie. Um, I love him. And he was, I, again, like, I really hope that he goes to um, Midsummer Scream again because um, it would be nice to, like, see him there and also to, you know, have have my family life intersect with my horror life. So, yes. I'm hoping that one day we'll get his mom's permission to have him on the show to talk about, like, you know, Hellraiser or something. <laughs> something awful. That'd be amazing. <laughs> I'm here for it. You know, start him young. Exactly. All right. Well, on that note, again, thank you for another awesome year, Joe. Oh, thanks, Joshua. Insanity. And uh, thank you, dear listener. And we will be right back with Midnight Kiss. Hey, folks. Joshua here. Thanks so much for listening to Fright School. If you're enjoying my continuing efforts to terrify the pants off Joe, please take a moment to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcatcher, and please tell your friends about us. Get in on the conversation by following Fright School on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Want to be a guest lecturer on an upcoming episode? Want to submit a film for consideration? Got a question, or more likely a correction for me? Shoot us an email at info at frightschool.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. All right, welcome back. We are discussing uh, Midnight Kiss, which is Hulu's Into the Dark latest um, film, film, which uh, if you've never heard of Into the Dark, it is Hulu's monthly series that they release a film uh, based on a holiday of that month. Some of them they shoehorn in, shoehorn in, shoehorn. <laughs> they shoehorn a little bit more forced than others. Obviously, you get Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. You know, those are easy ones. But like Daddy Daughter Day. Yeah, know, like Daughter's like, Day, know. Arbor Day. Right. International yeah. Day of the Woman. Trying to make it. This is so weird. It's like Hemlock has never been in this room before. Today, he is. Right? I mean, he's never done all this. He's like, he's like trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Today is the day that he's like, I've never been on this shelf. What is this? He's just like. Has this always been here? He's just looking at like all the stuff on the shelves. Like he's going to read it. Like, have we always oh, he's lived like, in the castle? He's like picking at your figures too. Like that's pretty yeah, great. Get down. Yeah. Get down. Just lay down. So bad. Anyway, so yes, we are talking today about uh, Midnight Kiss, directed by Carter Smith and written by Erlinger Thratzen. 
um, which we're butchering that, I think, totally, or I'm butchering it. I don't know. We said the royal we. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, we're just we're gonna have to ask him to come on the show sometime, and he can tell us how how to say his name exactly. Uh, starring Scott Evans, Adam Faison, Lucas Gage, uh, Aiden Mieri, Augustus Prue, Prue, Chester Lockhart, all kinds of people. Just goes on and on and on. Uh, <laughs> Joe. What did you think? I mean, I guess I'm becoming someone who likes a slasher. Right. <laughs> you just liked all the butts. Well, I, yes. I mean, I can't. There were loads of I butts. I can't not like a good butt. Um, it's like the main requirement. Um, I think, I, I feel like when people say they're a, they love slashers, like it's a very specific kind of person. And, like, and all the people that we've talked to and interacted with. Um, and it's such an identity that they have that I feel like I'm starting to identify with that. Yeah. So like, you know, You're like a group of friends trying to have fun being picked off one by one. Exactly. I just, yeah. I love that. I, I love that dynamic of like all these different personalities and who's going to die. Cause like all the people that were in there, I, I actually kind of cared about. <laughs> so I'm like, which one's going to go, which one's going to go. Um, but yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. I had a good time. Lots of butts. Um, it was <laughs> it was it was very gay. Yes, gay as fuck. It was gay as fuck. But like, it didn't feel like it's it, it's something to be said about uh, being gay as fuck, written by queer, right? Acted by queers, absolutely. Yes, yeah. Lots of lots of a gays in this one. Yes, up and coming a gays. Yes, Augustus uh, Prue, Scott Evans, Chester Lockhart. These are names. These are names, known names. 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 They. They are names. They are known. They are known to the children, um, the literal children. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> the literal children. Uh, yeah, because you have what's his face is a you were saying is an Instagram. Yes. So Chester Lockhart is like influencer. a he's like a model. He was in. He's a dancer. Also, he's he was in. Um, uh, another good, another good artifact from 2019. He was in nails, hair, hips, heels ah. with um, Todrick. Uh, with Todrick, he's the one that's wearing the corset, and like he's serving all the face, and he's he's the only one wearing the corset. A uh, corset in that in that one, though. You know, sorry, just to to take a little turn. Uh, another fun um, rideshare story in 2019 uh. that happened. <laughs> I got picked up. Um, for a ride after class one night, and it's kind of the guy is very mask for mask, you know. So you never know how people are going to be. You, mm-hmm. know, you just you, can, you don't know, you know. Yeah. So I get in, and usually after class, this is like you know nine thirty at night. You're dead. You know, it's dead like done. A, yeah. You know, whatever. But he's like very masculine in that way, you mm-hmm. know, in that patriarchal constructed bullshit. Yeah, way. exactly. Like a bag of salad, you very know? masculine. Yeah. So it's like hello, hello, good to see you. Yes, thank you. Good night. Yes. yes, that's my address. That is where I'm going. Thank you. I'm just going to think. You know, yes. and he starts playing. Nails, hair, hips, whatever. Yes. You know, Todrick Hall. And I was like, hey. <laughs> I, see. Mm. I see you. This is one of those moments where you like turn your phone off of silent and you like let the grinder sound play and no. see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just like, um, I was like, oh, Todrick. Yes. Know, so he's doing well for himself, isn't he? Was and he like grooving to it or was he just like, was he listening to like. Oh, no. She ge- was like all of a sudden like, oh, yes, she is. You know, yeah. and the whole facade came down, you know, that whole thing. He was like, like ah, tongue pop for me. Yes, pop for ready me, for pop. it. Ready for it. 
So we we, st- we talked a little about Todrick. So it was just kind of funny. One Give of those trade things, for me. Know. Trade for me. Trade. Yes. Yeah. That's that going to be, you know, the thing. It's like you get in the car with somebody. It's like, what are they going to play? What kind of music will be on? Exactly. And that was just one of those moments where it's like, oh, she's one of us. Yes. Anyways. I feel good about that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I agree with your assessment of like queer stories written by queers. I yes. think, I think that it's very interesting uh, because really when I, you know coming into this and seeing like the poster with like the mask and I couldn't really tell what it was at first in the poster so it had like horns and stuff and I thought okay so they're giving me hellbent yeah they're giving you a little hellbent you know they're kind of it's giving me that vibe yeah so we'll see how this goes uh huh um I overall I mean obviously. Hellbent looms very large in like the gay slasher, so it's gonna. I, I just feel like you can't get around watching this movie without having some comparison, comparing you know to Hellbent, and also to kind of like it, it seemed like an ode to the, it in a way, and also like um, queer as folk. It had a lot mm-hmm. of those intense imagery and scenes. There was a whole thing where they all go in this back room of a bar. I'm like, oh my god, this is just giving. This is like a queer as folk. Halloween episode. Yeah. You know. Um, a lot of leather. Yeah. Lots of blowjobbins yeah. and making outs and tongues and all kinds of things. I'm like, oh, this is just like 2005 or four. Mm-hmm. No, 2000 when Queer's Folk first came out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 2000. It's at that bar in Pennsylvania. Exactly. Uh, so it was kind of, you know, it reminded me a lot of that. Um, and, I, you know, I don't know. It's like I, watching it. I agree. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, but it's not like it cut any, like, new, brand new ground. Mm, no. You know, because, okay, because, and, and I'm not trying to judge it, like, good or bad. It's just, you know, you go, okay, well, queers are going to write a queer horror film. Will it be better than the straight people who wrote a queer horror film? True. But I feel like if you had replaced, if it was the exact same story, but it took place in a regular club, the relationships. Oh, yeah. If they were all straight. If they were all straight, it'd be exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So So that's why I don't feel like it's any. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. It's not like. It's not telling like the. uh, It's not telling like a uniquely queer story. I think like one of the elements of it that is like uniquely queer is that kind of. That kind of gay, that kind of gay trope of like everyone slept with everyone, yeah. which I don't know if necessarily could have happened in like, maybe it could have in some regards in like a in like a a cishet context, um, but I, and and yeah, so I just feel like maybe that's something that's like no, there were things uniquely that were yeah no, I mean I do think it. there were definitely some uniquely queer male things obviously because of this we are dealing with a group of gay men and their fairy queen yes <laughs> their fruit fly their fruit fly um which i read a review of this and a guy the guy that did the review had never heard that term before which i thought was kind of funny yeah um <laughs> but i didn't go to look up to see i mean i assume he's straight writing the review if he had never heard the term fruit fly but i don't know there might be a gay listeners right now like what is that yeah so anyways we used to say fag hat, you, but that's you yeah know, we don't do that anymore so we yeah. say fruit fly and then we have like fairy queens and, and then now it's like you mean my friend <laughs> my friend <laughs> it's like i don't do labels right it's my friend um but no, exactly, and maybe that's, I guess maybe that's the point then at the end of the day, and why I, I, I did really enjoy this, um, 
because it, it I mean it again it's not it, they just happen to be gay. Yeah. It just was kind of You incidental. could replace them. You could make this story totally. Uh, it was just like any other fun, ridiculous slasher movie that you'd see at any other time. You know, yeah. I don't think there was anything like even the twist a lot. You know, we kind of saw that. That was one of our suspects. Yeah. You know, with, with who's doing the murdering. Yeah. You know, so. Oh, like, spoiler. Spoiler alert for everyone. Because we'll probably. Because I really want to talk about that. So. Okay. Well, spoiler yeah, alert. It, if you haven't seen it, go stop this and go watch it. Right. And then come back. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Please come back. Please come back. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, so, again, you know, like. I think that's kind of always the the problem with like analyzing films like from our perspective because it's like I don't want to judge it more harshly. Exactly, it's like because it's like no, it's people making a horror film, a fun horror film that features a queer cast with queer themes. We talked about this when we talked about us. Yeah, because it's like we don't want to. I was trying not to judge it too harshly because it's a Jordan Peele film, right? But it's like if it's a Jordan Peele, you know what I mean? If they're using that to sell the film, then people. Like us, there's who, an expectation. There's an expectation yeah. that it's going to say something profound, which, like, you know, it did say something profound, but also it was just like re- more horrific. In like, it was more horror yeah. than um, Get Out was yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. So again, I I do want to reiterate that I enjoyed the movie. I just didn't, you know, maybe that's and this this might be the goal as we continue furthering, you know, this. Um, you know, giving everybody opportunities to create films and tell their own stories that they don't, they aren't necessarily going to, we can't expect more from them, I feel, in some ways. Yeah, we can't, we have to make sure that we want it to be. Yeah, we're not looking for like the queer version of, you know, insert prestige horror film here no it doesn't have to like and i think that's the thing i think that that's that i feel like you know i definitely can sometimes go out and be like i don't know if i you know like this because i'm judging it against some sort of strange thing i've made up in my head about what queer art should look like yeah and especially because like the because like the people who decided the people who decide what is and is not like you know criterion right are like largely white straight right. white men yeah for the most part exactly so maybe having, i'm maybe that's wrong maybe that's not fair of me to say but like no i think there's some yeah. definitely some truth to that obviously you know but western aesthetics yes in general yeah and when we do look at this film we have a completely white or largely a white cast largely white presenting white cast yeah you know you mentioned that one of the people i'm not certain oh, but okay. i feel like i feel it's I don't want to say that it's that they are all a hundred percent white because I don't know their heritage, but I feel like it is a largely white presenting cast. Yeah, and then of course the one person of color is used like, you know, just as a sex object and then murdered. <laughs> so it definitely still falls in. It has a lot of you know, yeah, typical horror stuff. There's a typical know? yeah, and that is that is still, you know, something that I think we can critique in in culture in general. Yeah. Because if this had been like a straight 
you know, horror film, quote unquote, whatever that means. Like, you know, if it had just been any other slasher like Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street or Halloween or, you know, who, who also yeah. suffer from those same um, issues. But this yeah. is 2019. So I would like a little bit more diversity, yeah. um, you know. We kind of talked about realm. we kind of talked about this um, last year with the other. I think it's becoming our New Year's Eve <laughs> uh, tradition to do um, an Into the Dark. Right. Um, last New year, New Year, New Year, New You with Ashley is that in that film the first the one of the people who was killed off is black and queer. Right. Right away. And it's like, oh, you know, this is. We said it then. Yeah. Falling when, like, right in. Falling yeah. right into that trap and that that thing and it's just like oh you know that's i mean also we are taking a more critical lens yeah on the film yeah. but like it's just like mm, you know yeah it's just a little lazy so yeah. i just you know i just kind of felt like all right well we can like i i hey awesome let's get more queer people making and writing stories that they want to write of course and telling stories they want but if they're just going to echo the same oppressive yeah you know choices it's just mm-hmm. you know i just yeah yeah, I kind of really wanted Dante to be the killer. Yeah, well, yeah, could have been an interesting conversation depending on how it turned out and why. Exactly. You know, because that's always the thing with the slasher film. And this, you know, um, well, we'll get into a little bit more of the story. But um, first, I did want to talk about a little bit about I enjoyed this had several little callbacks to other horror films. Like, I really mm-hmm. liked the beginning. Uh, the first kill was very psycho. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which I enjoyed. Also reminded me a little bit of Scream in, um, like, this film with one of the films, Stab. Like, yeah. you know, uh-huh. the girls, like, in the shower and, you know. Um, but, yeah, very psycho. I enjoyed that a lot. Um, and there were, like, little just moments of that throughout, you know, of these, like, classic horror tropes that I do still enjoy seeing. Yeah. You know, you get those great point of view shots. Um, there was a scene where a character was in a car and he was like hunched over the steering wheel. I'm like, as soon as he sits up, someone's going to like break through the window. And there it was. Yeah. And, I mean, uh-huh. and even though it's like predictable in that way, I enjoy like just those moments like, yeah. where, you know, like, oh, because they're st- it's still effective. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I jumped, you know? So, Hey, cool. <laughs> um, there, you know, there was just some moments like that, that I, um, I enjoyed in it. So the story, the movie, it's like about these friends. It's a group of friends, frenemies. Um, <laughs> in a way. That is so good. That's a good way of putting it. Because it was very, you know, in that in that way, like queer people were cat- we're so catty, we're catty, and we're we're catty bitches. You know, so it was like that whole kind of dynamic going on with the girlfriend, and the, every year they. Um, I guess like vacation at New Year's or something, and one of, one of the they kids, go away, Joel, yeah. Joel's family are doctors or something like that. So they have this beautiful house, Jace, somewhere near Palm Springs, yeah, or in, in that the kind desert, of area. yeah. So it's a group, the, this group of friends. They all go out and um, to to spend New Year's, and mm-hmm. what they do is because in the past they'd all sort of been rather incestuous in the sense of. You know, everybody's sleeping with everybody. Everybody has these different dynamics. So uh, New Year's, they have to go out to a club or out to a bar or whatever, and everybody has to meet somebody else to, to kiss, kiss at midnight, midnight mm-hmm. and then to do what you want until the sun comes up from midnight. to you know. So that's this game that they're playing. So you have our, our main character, who is, um, what was his uh, name? Cameron, who is played by Augustus Cam- Prue. Yeah, Cam, Cameron. 
He and Joel, played by Scott Evans, had been a couple, but they've broken up before the events of the film. And now Joel is with Logan, little Twinkie boy. Yes, Twinkie Flock of Seagulls. They're engaged, so you have that drama. And then Hannah is their gay best friend, or uh, straight girl best friend. Mm -hmm. And the grace of the Zachary, who is uh, Chester Lockhart, he's the Instagram guy you were talking about. So that's the group that's all out in this isolated house in the desert waiting to be murdered by a guy in a um, puppy play mask. In a puppy play <laughs> gimp mask. It's like, it's both, and it's doing yeah. the most. Yeah, I, 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 I like the aesthetics of the mask, you know, when, when we actually saw what it was, because like I said, I first thought it was kind of horns. It looked very, you know. Yeah, it was definitely similar. echoing um, Hellbent in that way. So, yeah, so I did kind of write a few little things about, um, you know, the film obviously got a lot of unresolved conflict amongst these people because there's lots of sex and lots of um, bitterness there. Mm -hmm. The cutthroat, like, you know, when they're sitting at the table and Cam is, like, sharing about how he's going to have this, like, gallery showing and, like, Joel's, like, just being nasty, you know, like, oh, must be a friend, or, oh, your work's gotten so much better. Yeah, who's, like, he's, like, cutting him down, but in a way that's, like, very Emily Gilmore, like, it's not quite an insult, but it's definitely a backhanded compliment, or it's, there has to be a reason, it's not because you're talented. Yeah. It's, like, oh, we know someone, and, oh, when he said that, I, like, rejected (laughs) I was like, wow, that's where we're going right away. Yeah. And, you know, it's so interesting because, like, again, you know, um, self-care moment. People that talk like that, it says a lot more about them than it does you, dear listener. You know, so I hate because I hate that, like, you know, and especially like playing music. And, and I'm sure some of our listeners can relate that are musicians and some of our fellow uh, podcasters who make music. You know, it's like. You go out, because I've had that experience a few times, you know, because it's like, you know, you move out and, you know, you start a band and, you know, you figure stuff out. And, of course, everybody gets better. Everybody's gets better, you know, like Jimi Hendrix didn't slide out of the womb, you know, fucking shredding guitar. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, everybody has to work hard to, you know, to, to make good music. But there's just always people, like, when you play a really great show there's always some fucking fellow musician that has to be a dickhead, you know, if they are feeling some kind of way, you know, and I played a lot of shows like that where it's like, you know, you just crush, you know, you do a really good show and you know, it was good. And, you know, there was like, I had that same interaction with a musician only only a few months ago where it was like, Oh, you know, you've just, you've gotten so much better. It's like, you know what? We were playing the same fucking bar. So (laughs) yeah. And we just blew the roof off the place. So good luck. Have fun, you know. Yeah. But I'm never. I can never be nasty to be. I'm like, yeah, sounded pretty good tonight. Have fun. Have a good show, you know. Because yeah. I just, I, I just think it's so unnecessary. But it's like, why? Like, you know, just yeah. You don't need to say anything. It's just rude, you yeah. know. Especially because everybody knows how you mean it, you know. Exactly. But that's why it's more fun to just be like, I know, right? Thanks. Yeah. Have a good show. Because <laughs> they just don't know, you know, people don't know. Because they want that, yeah. you know. And I feel like in that in that moment, too, I mean, in the way that it's the way it's portrayed is that he is being entirely serious. Like, he's not, the, yeah. he's not joking. He's not, like, being shady. You know, he's just like, oh, wow, we must know someone. It's like, no, they discovered me on my Instagram yeah. that I use. And, yeah. and I was just like, oh. Some okay. people are just gonna always be that way. Yeah. And he yeah. had like he just also the, the Joel was 
a really great character too because he's like the super type A of the group that has like an itinerary and has to have a lot of control over yeah. everything. Um, they gave him like you know TTS. They gave him toxic top syndrome. Like <laughs> right, <laughs> he was just he really needs to have all of that control over his surroundings. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, I did see a lot of myself in Joel, and <laughs> and not in the you know horror as mirror. <laughs> <laughs> it made me relax now. So, yeah, there we go. Yeah, you can process something watching this film. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Is that what this episode's called? Toxic Top Syndrome? <laughs> maybe. Um, <laughs> sure. Uh, I don't name the episodes. Um, <laughs> I did enjoy the little moment of exploring, like the hypocrisy of us queers when it comes to our. Our, our our lady friends and how we can mistreat them. Yes, uh, that was a uh, that was all too real. That yeah. little moment in the gay club. Yeah, when he's like, um, when Cam and Hannah are talking, and she's like, you know, I mean, you never come to like the straight bar with me. He's like, well, yeah, why would I go there? And it's like, well, you can be wingman for me sometimes too, fucker. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like sometimes I don't want to sit here all night being alone. You know, so her whole story, like I was very, I was very interested in her character as a whole, just because I, I, um, I think we've talked about this on the show before. Um, I've had conversations with women about about that role, you know, of, of filling this sort of like, you know, quote unquote best friend role, but it's very superficial. You know, it's very yeah. um, mm-hmm. one way transactional relationship where it's like. Well, I'm going out to the club and I'm getting wasted. I'm going to get some dick and you're going to drive us around or you're going to make sure, you know what I mean? Like oh, so you've be... played the Hannah role. No, 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 no. I, I've, oh. just, I've talked to my female friends who've been in this situation. In the Hannah role. Okay. You know, and how much it sucks and how, and how oblivious. I mean, because that's the thing. It's like, you know, you are, you're really, you know, if you're out partying and drinking, you got like a one track mind. You know, like, yeah, we're here together and I'm partying with you until I find somebody. And then, girl, you got to get home. You got to figure out your life, you know. Yeah. And so I just enjoyed that kind of moment of of taking to task a little bit. You know, there were, that's why some of the this film does work in a lot of good ways in analyzing, like, toxic queer behavior. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. amongst these sorts of um, this type of guy. Yeah, because there's a narcissism about that specifically too. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 and a um, a dismissal a dismissal of her humanity. You know, especially the moment, even in the guy who like quote unquote is like the hero of the movie. If anybody, I guess it's him. Yeah, um, is the star is who we're kind of following is Cam. You know, for him to have that sort of like you know, and I mean maybe he was being catty, but I don't know. It just really rang true of like. No, I would never go there. Like, yeah. I, there's nothing there for me. Yeah. You know, and her but whole, it, like, well, what do you think I'm doing? Yeah, exactly. It's like, I'm here for you. Why yeah. aren't you there for me? Yeah. And I just do think that does happen quite often, you know, in, in these sorts of relationships. Yeah, uh, I think so, too. I, it's it's interesting because it's like, you know, I have definitely played the Hannah role in um, – has as someone who has been like the quote unquote gay friend for a lot of straight women mm-hmm. and been in those situations more often than queer situations. Um, for me personally, it's because like, you know, it's taken me a while to just get comfortable being in like super overt queer spaces. Right. But you know, now that I have, you know, achieved 
this level of comfort in being among, you know, among other queers, um, it definitely was like, why did I do that? Why did I do that to myself and put myself in these situations where, like, these people, you know, they are, you know, just kind of being um, not thought of in that way. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the other thing, too, is that, you know, they're, she's there she's there playing this game, but she knows that it's not going to be, like, she has no chance of really winning <laughs> or, you know, like no, how is she, how is she going to yeah, play? Yeah. She might make out with somebody, but like, she's not going to meet some, guy she's not going to meet someone gonna, or take yeah. Like she's just perfectly fine just being around her friends. And also she is like their historian. Like she has yeah. kept, she's the record keeper as Jolie calls her, you know, yeah. it's just, she keeps track of who slept with who and everything. And yeah. And has all that kind of institutional knowledge. Yeah, which would have been interesting to explore a little bit more because when they're doing that whole thing in the pool of, of, of like, their tree, you know, of, like, who slept with who, and she's like, and I slept with Ryan first, which is the first person that gets murdered in the movie. He's, yeah. um, he's um, one of their friends who's not coming on this weekend anyway. So yeah. he dies first. Turns out, like, she slept with him first, and then he started sleeping with, like, Cam and Joel and whoever else. You know, they're all, like, doing their thing. Um, I, it was just kind of an interesting mention and then we don't explore more of that you know so which is why i did want to think it was more her you know yeah. just because i was like what is she up to you because know? what if like that's i mean it would have been interesting if she was the killer and the reason why she's the killer is like every year we play this stupid game and i never go home and i eat nachos and y'all end up <laughs> blah 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 it's like well now you're i'm gonna be your you know you know right. i would have loved to see that reversal it would have been interesting to play with if it was done right, you know, and they definitely kind of set it up a little bit that way. So you're kind yeah. of, you know, you definitely, there's, everybody has yeah. motive a little bit in the group, yeah. you know, like they, they do a good job of that, of immediately yeah. casting everybody in a little suspicion. Yeah, everyone could potentially be the one who yeah. is doing it, which like, you know, on a side note, it's so much fun now watching horror films with you <laughs> because it's like who's the killer? <laughs> it's like are we who's going to call it? Who's right. the killer? We're just like spending the whole the whole time thinking like who's the killer? Where's the twist? Why is the motive? What are we yeah. what are we revealing? No, absolutely. And so this, it was fun in that way because it was sort of like, I mean, we, we had a few guesses and yeah. um, that's always fun when you're not, when you're like, well, it's definitely blah, blah. And yeah. then it is. It's like, well, okay. Yeah. You know, well, so this was fun because it, we, we were suspecting a few people. Yeah. There was and a even, lot, that, that was a nice little bit of exposition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I enjoyed their PSA for prepping, for prepping condoms. Yeah. That was nice. <laughs> It wasn't too heavy handed. It, it was like it the perfect, wasn't. it was the perfect, yeah. like, you know, so, hey, just for the record, I'm on prep. And he's like, we can have both. And I was like, ah, that's perfect. Everybody can do what they want. Because what I say, if we, if they wanted to be like a super heavy handed, like Dolly Parton's heartstrings heavy handed, it could have been like, yeah, but you know, but prep doesn't protect against like, you know, <laughs> chlamydia and gonorrhea. Just do the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, and there's a lot of that happening, too. Like, um, Sponsored you know, by Gilead. Right. Uh, you know, in queer culture right now is having those conversations about people being, like, condom shamed. Yeah. You mm -hmm. know, where it's like, now all of a sudden, like, for a while it was like, I only want to do it with a condom. Now it's like, if you want to use condoms, you're stupid because you could just be on prep. And it's like, well, there's plenty of other things that you can do. Yeah, in. exactly. 
nothing is 100% effective. There's, like, uh, you know, antibi- antibiotic-resistant strains of gonorrhea that, yeah. like, you know... I don't want to, yeah, deal with all of that. So mm-hmm. so they definitely could have pushed a little bit more in that realm, but it was a yeah. nice just, you know, normalizing that conversation. Yeah, you exactly. Know, hey, let's get that out there. For straight people, too, you know, I think... Yeah. I was reading a statistic that, like, more heterosexual men were diagnosed with HIV um, than gay men in the last year. Mm. Don't quote me. But I, I, I was just reading something about that. So um, everybody needs to – everybody can be on PrEP. Everybody can use condoms. Yeah. You know, be, be safe. Be and even if you are on PrEP, use a condom. Yeah. You can't, yeah. It doesn't protect against, you know, the other exactly. stuff. You, you know, do what you got to do. Um, so yeah, I, I wrote that down cause I did think that was interesting because I can't think of any other time I've seen recently where that conversation happened in a movie. Um, in a movie, no on TV recently. Yes, I can. Yeah. Um, All right, good. in, um, how to get away with murder. Okay. Cause there's, uh, there's a situation. It's re rewatching the first season of that. Okay. Well, it's coming. So you'll see it when you get there. All right. Um, I, Fucking love the soundtrack. Yeah. This, that has a lot of great music in it. Um, I love that orchestral, like, disco track they were playing for a while. Mm-hmm. That was very fun. Yeah. Um, the, the closing the, credits music was great. Yeah. There was some really good music on, in this. Yeah. I mean, hey, queers know how to do the music. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I would like that job. I want to I wanna sound. Oh, you. Good. Yeah, you could definitely do that. No That'd problem. That'd be so much fun. You know, picking, like. You know, because I hear stuff and I can like picture in my head like, oh, this make a great scene for blah, blah, you know. Yeah. So I think that'd be a really fun, uh, fun job to have is a yeah. music supervisor or whatever it is, um, whatever that job is. Yeah. Come on. Give Joshua that job already. <laughs> um, I was trying to look and see if uh, there was a, a list here for the soundtrack. Um, I, I didn't look it up before. I think I can t- I can think of three people who might know. <laughs> Where where we can get that music? Um, well, yeah, there's lots of different things here, um, but yeah, the list. I would have liked. To, uh, I would like to find the list, but yeah, there were some really good uh, tunes in it. Um, I appreciated. <laughs> I, I I don't know how you felt about the felt about this, but I did appreciate how um, there was kind of like that use of the use of the of the pronoun she when referring to other gay men yeah the the polari you know that polari aspect of it where you know like oh look at her look at her look at she yeah she's yeah, all yeah. you know because i do you want to remind listeners polari yes yeah, so polari thank you uh, learning moment this is your this is your gay history moment uh polari is a dialect uh it's a language actually that was um it's gained popularity and used pre- attributed primarily to, like, English uh, in the United Kingdom um, in, like, the 60s and 50s and maybe earlier than that. Um, I'm going to get a message from TJ later probably because <laughs> I might – I'm not probably not doing it well. But um, it's basically this kind of, like – it's a combination of, like, Cockney rhyming slang plus, like – um, Irish traveler language and, you know, all this other stuff. But it's a language that um, gay men would use to communicate with each other in secret, to, like, have open conversations about things uh, while, uh, you know, trying to remaining under the radar. Yeah, yeah. And so the idea of using – so, like, the concept of using, like, female pronouns when talking about other men, specifically queer men, that comes from Polari. Um, 
you know, trade, the word trade also comes from the Polari language or from English Polari. Because there's other Polaris too. Yeah. yeah. Um, vernacular. The, All right. Yeah. I love that little little learning corner. Learning corner. Yeah, little learning we corner. We're fright school. Huh. Um, you know, we try to shoehorn in our... That's the word of the day, by the way. <laughs> shoehorn. 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 Uh, but, um, in our moments of education. Exactly. So, like, when um, Zachary comes in, Chester Lockhart's character, and they're talking about Joel, and the whole time they're talking about Joel, is like, oh, look at her. What is she? She has this itinerary. Oh, she got engaged. Yeah, she got engaged now. I know she's so uppity and all this stuff. And, yeah. And it just was like, oh, like, this is one of those moments where, I, like, it was... It was uncomfortable for me to watch that because I've only ever experienced it in my everyday life and not necessarily represented in front of me. So I felt like – and it wasn't like – it was uncomfortable because I was like, holy shit. Like I didn't know – I didn't know that I needed to see it. Like you don't know that something's missing until you see it represented and you get – you know, you feel that way. So that was really nice and it kind of brought back to the first time that I realized that I was – I had like a – predominantly queer group of friends when yeah. I was at a birthday thing and I was sitting at a table with all queer men and no one used a male pronoun the entire two hours that we were <laughs> we were talking. Yeah. And it was great and like it wasn't forced. It was just like it rolled off the it's tongue. It was just a natural it was yeah, just a yeah. very natural thing. Oh look at her. Ooh look at her. She what thinks she she's doing? yeah she thinks she's all that and a bag of chips and Yeah. Yeah so there you go. Uh, Polari, everyone. We shoehorned that in. Yeah, there we go. Ah! Word of the day. Anyways, um, <laughs> all right, so on to, so obviously, killer, you know, bumps people off, stabs people, drowns people, whatever. Um, and then we get to... Deep Throat's a champagne bottle. Yeah, Like a broken champagne bottle. That was probably the more disturbing kills that I've seen in horror films so far. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. It was very, uh, very, very fun and very, you know, because again, you see that kind of violence against women in film, and and now, and that does happen to the most femme reading character in the film. You uh-huh. know, it doesn't mm-hmm. happen to like, you know, the buff guy in the beginning just gets his throat slashed. Um, but he was sexualized because well, definitely being naked, yeah, of course. being naked. And there's a lot and, of that in here, you know, a lot of yeah. a lot of sexualization of the male form and objectifying of the male form, which is sort of an interesting conversation to be having. You know, I've, we've talked a little bit about this with uh, Ryan Murphy, yeah, and mm-hmm. American Horror Story, and it's like he's got like a thing for a certain kind of for guy, kind of and getting those guys in in American Horror Story, and then getting them naked. Um, and this kind of had a little bit of that too, where I, I, I just kind of think about, you know, when men are, no matter what their sexual appetites are using, you know, their art form or whatever, you know, to objectify, it's like, you know, it just kind of, yeah, uh-huh. it just twists it a little bit in the, in a film like this, where, you know, you have a predominantly queer, um, creative team, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, who are sexualizing, you know, these, the men, you know, it just kind of, it, it's interesting because this yeah. is, this is something that we're going to have to look at as we continue on, you know, in telling yeah. stories and things like that about how we're using the body and why, like why, like there was a lot of butts that were unnecessary. Yeah. It was like, clearly they just wanted to keep putting them in there. Now, again, 
lots of horror films have a lot of tits. breasts in them, yeah. you know, for no real good reason other than to show them, you yeah. know, so it's just that sort of conversation. Is the next... That we've never had, we've exactly. never really had that before. Yeah, but it's also, I mean, again, like, that's the thing in a slasher film, right? So when you're queering up the slasher, when you're queering the slasher, yeah. you don't have the tit. You know, little triangle yeah. boobies. Shout yeah. out, Jackie. Triangle it boobies. Be, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> triangle boobies. Um, uh, yeah, Jersey, Jersey ghoul Jackie. Um, um, so you have to show, what's the queer version of that? Well, right. we can't show the dick because, right. you know. That's a whole other thing. That's a whole other yeah. Let's not go there. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. But, you know, now we got to show the bum. we got to show the ass. Yeah. But again, analyzing why. Exactly. You know, because titillation. Exactly. Of, you know. Because it's, again, it's titillation when it's used, like, thinking about, I'm thinking about Friday the 13th, like, thinking about titillation right. used in that regard, and, you know, it's just queering the form. And violence against women, you know? Yeah. So, it's just, it's just an interesting concept, you know, just something to think about as we look at more queer films and the way that the naked form is used and why. Uh-huh. And is it, again, necessarily, it does, just by virtue of being made by queer people, it still may suffer from the same sort of oppressive uh, sexuality or people that are, you know, I mean, that was the whole Brian Singer thing, mm-hmm. you know, of getting mm-hmm. accused of, you know, Harvey Weinsteining guys, you know, basically, which is now is a thing. That's what it, that's what that's called, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, but that he was using his power and influence to, to do. kind of have these parties yep. with underage boys and, and things like that. So I, I do think that there is something to be, um, discussed there as yeah. we continue on in in seeing queer films being made, in particular horror that has so many toxic characteristics, yeah. you know, that have been um, historically misogynist, and uh, so mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, just going kind of you know, just analyzing as we're moving on. That's all, just yeah. bringing it up. Absolutely. Um, so anyway, so we have the the final twist wherein it is revealed that um, Joel's little twink boy. Fiance, fiance Logan is our killer, and he's mad because Cam kissed him at a party seven years ago, and it had no meaning. It didn't mean anything to him, <laughs> and he plotted for seven years. What do you say? I was in the people. closet. Yes, he w- he wasn't out yet. He was I wore a mask. mask. Yes, <laughs> I was mask for mask. Yes, and, and I uh, didn't. And I wore a mask, and I. It mean nothing to you. Threw me away. away. And I was like, oh, see, like, again, this is, oh, I, I, I'm like, really, I, I don't know why I'm fixated on this, but it's just like, why is it that like people deserve to die because they were like kind of shitty? Like the morality of that, like right. of of that is just yeah. like it comes up in like Midsummer, it Midsummer, yeah. and like countless I'm, horror films, countless horror like, because yeah. it's like they're it's so interesting because it's like horror films where the people who are perpetrating the killing, the horror, are the ones who are supposed to, who have the like better moral compass. You know what I mean? Like you threw me away, or you know you weren't. You were mildly abusive to me, but like now you're gonna die because you were kind of shitty to me. Like it, it's it kind of it just kind of blows my mind a little bit that that's where it's going because that that's where the conflict and that's the whole inspiration for this craziness is that like you threw me away 
I mean, yeah. and I guess that speaks to a deeper level of being disturbed, you know, because, but it's also just like, when you put it that way, it's like, oh, this thing that was nothing for you means so much to me. And, you know, you can just throw people away like that. People are not disposable. Right. And I'm going to show you <laughs> what disposable really is by killing you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so Exactly. I mean, like, it's, and, but it's just like, the moral of the story is, you know, love and have a, have a committed, uh, every time you kiss someone, make sure that it means something. Like I, Right. Well, again, yeah. and going back to this as a, an homage and an ode to, like, 80s slasher films, it comes down to the same things, the same principles. Like, if you're not going to have, like, a real love in the context of how we're defining that moralistically, whether you're straight yeah. or gay... You know, if you're just going to go around on Grinder, fucking everybody and making out with strangers, then you deserve to die because you don't value human intimacy. Yeah. You know, and that's, you know, that's just something that's always been part of slasher films, you know, for better or worse. You yeah. Know? And so, yeah, it's it, it's a very interesting concept because, again, that also plays out in the real world all the time. I mean, men are, you know particularly heterosexual men and the violence they perpetrate against women are often because of these like perceived slights. I mean, there was just a story the other day of, you know, this guy was cat calling and he didn't get the response he wanted. So he like attacked the woman and like ran her friend over with a car. It's like this out, you know, this completely out of sync, you know, and that's not an a bizarre, like, I mean, it is bizarre, but I mean, it's not a, um, it's not a, occasional story yeah uh-huh it's you not know, an occasional story yeah you, we see that happen a lot you know so this again is i mean this the his motive for killing these people based on this to us small slight you know to him it's not you know and that and that is it I, means I, a lot more yeah i just felt like that was very it does ring true in that sort of insane way of like, yeah. you know, he's fixated on this kind of one moment that was sort of meaningless. And I'm sure a lot of people, you know, you're like, I'm just living my life here. I wasn't, I'm not trying to necessarily offend you, but you are screaming out of a, ca a car at me or you're, you know, yeah. I mean, it's not exactly the same, but I'm just the, the, um, the, again, kind of to go back to your point, the completely unbalanced reaction yeah exactly so you know that that one moment of like them creating this game yeah which is not and the thing is though it's that it's not a shitty game because you must have consent yeah yeah which is a very like it's a very ethical yeah. game where it's just like we're gonna kiss you and then you know if you want we'll do more if you want we'll do more if we don't <laughs> we don't and 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 it's a very ethical game but <laughs> it's still like you know you just threw me away afterwards. And that warranted, like, planning seven years of revenge and killing, like, two people. <laughs> Although, I mean, well, yeah, I'm not sure how ethical the game is, depending. Because, I mean, you would have to kind of be able to have that whole conversation. Like, well, I'm actually with somebody, so I'm not interested in a relationship with you. I just want to have sex with you over the next few hours. <laughs> yeah. But it's consensual, right? Well, I yes, mean, ethical yeah. in the sense of, like, there is consent. Not right, like, true. Not like this is, yeah. I mean, because, like, in the really, in the, like, awful, twisted, heterosexual version of this, it's, like, a group of four frat guys who are just going to fuck at all costs. No well, why? Yeah, so. No, that's true. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, we had like our moment for consent where, you know, our fruit fly heroine comes in and saves Cameron from, yeah. you know, getting offed. Uh, saves them all, essentially. Yes. She, with a slashed thigh. With a slashed know, thigh. She was helping. She showed up, a true ally. She did. She did. That's how you do it, girls. If you want to be an ally, you got to get stabbed and still show up to save the day. It's like Gail Weathers getting run over by the car or hit by, or whatever it was. <laughs> and she, she still showed up. Yeah. Yes. She was the, she was our Gail Weathers. Only to be like knocked out again or whatever it is. Anyways. <laughs> do you remember, can I ask a personal question? Do you remember ever having a midnight kiss at, at New Year's? You know, I do not really celebrate New Year's. It's just something, you know. It's yes. A, yeah, I knew this. It's an odd thing that Jeffrey and I had in common when, it was when just we like... first got together because we because we started seriously dating in October, our first New Year's was very quick, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After after. And our friends at the time were really into New Year's and having parties and stuff. So of course we were up and we celebrated with them, quote unquote, but we were both like, This is so stupid. And just in the sense that I just you know, I, I get again why people like New Year's and get into the whole thing of it, like in the party and all of that. But it's like for me, one, I grow up and just get drunk every day, like an adult. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> why do you, it's like, if you need an occasion to get drunk, you're an amateur, is what you're saying. <laughs> but I mean, it's just, it's terrifying to me the way that people, people who get drunk on holidays are amateurs. <laughs> exactly. But the way people act on that, I mean, it's just, it's like anything when you put all of this energy and all of this stuff into this one moment and it has to be perfect. And when it's not, cause it never will live up to those expectations and people get up all upset, you know? So it's just like, Oh my gosh. It's the same. It's like, you know, like my birthday, like having, you know, the sort of event that I had that is so easy like I have no expectations people show up they don't show up we sing and do karaoke we drink it is what it is with whoever comes you know yeah. it's like I don't have this image in my head of like the perfect thing that it should be where other people are like everything these things have to happen yeah we they want to have, have a pain. Uh, we gotta yeah. have the kiss we gotta say what our resolutions are we gotta we you gotta, gotta have gotta, that, gotta. the very curated thing yeah so I just have never been into that um, just New Year's in general I just you know and any most holidays that kind of revolve around those sorts of ideas. It's like, you know, the sun goes down, the sun comes up. You know, it's the same same fucking day, man. You know, to some extent for me. You know, like life just kind of continues to roll. So I just don't – I've never really been big into New Year's and neither has Jeffrey. So usually we are in bed by – well before midnight. Yeah. <laughs> Anymore, especially as we continue to turn into the two grumpy old men from uh, the Muppets <laughs> yes. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and we continue our descent into into them. So we're just like, you know, yeah, I was never, never really into that, you know. So I don't remember, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember us having a nice kiss when, you know, the first year. And um, I think we, when we first moved to San Diego, maybe the, because we were meeting people and it was new and it was very exciting. So it's like, oh, we're going to have a party. Like, come over, come over, you know. But it's like, you can tell how we feel about a holiday if we throw a party around it. So the fact exactly. that we don't throw a massive New Year's party like we do exactly. everything else tells you, like, we clearly don't care about it. Yeah, people have asked me, it's like, are you going to Joshua's for you? I'm like, they don't do anything for yeah. New Year's. Yeah. They did Scary Christmas and they're... That's it. Like, they're recovering from that. Yeah. And it's just, we just aren't interested. Like, it's just not a thing yeah. for us. Yeah. You know? And again, I just don't... I don't want to be out with the crowds and how everybody... 
attacks and yeah it's like it's just you you're like safe at home for yeah. the most part. And I remember being a teenager, or you were not even being a teenager, being like 21 when, you know, you could finally drink and you go out for that first New Year's, especially for me because, you know, it's like my birthday is in December, late December, the 17th. So it's like December, you know, we've got my birthday and then we got Christmas and then we got news and we're just drunk for half, you know, for the last half of the two year. or three weeks, yeah. you know, just straight like party, party, party. And I remember how stupid we were. And I'm like, I don't want to be around stupid people like we were. <laughs> I'm gonna be home. It's like we're I used to be those people. Out into the car, yeah. and I'm not gonna have to deal with anything. And also, I'm not. I refuse to pay thirty or forty dollars to go to a bar that I would go to any other day of the week and see all the same fucking people. Yeah, like that as well. I just don't. <laughs> no, no, thank you. I love this PSA you have for staying at home. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't want to piss on people because if you love it, do it. Go for yeah. it. Yeah. You know, just don't beg me to do it. No, and nobody does. You know, that yeah. is one cool thing. All our friends are all awesome. Nobody's like, fuck you, man. You got to come yeah. out for New Year's. Don't you want to be a better yeah. person? Don't I want to be I, a better you. I do. Because they know I'm perfect. Exactly. No. <laughs> I do love that. Like, we have a friend group where it's like, no one is that person who's like, oh, come on. Like, because yeah. I, I, I like reject peer pressure so much. Like, yeah. I reject it. Like, I have lactose intolerance and it is like Gruyere. Like, yeah. I reject that shit. It yeah. makes me, because I don't like being sold to. Like, I don't like, you know. Someone, oh, it'll be great. I'm like, no, makes me want to do it less. And the more you yeah. try, I don't want to do it. Yeah, we uh, early on, there, one of our friends was a little like that, but learned very quickly that we don't bend very well to peer pressure. Like, if I said no, like, it's really not going to happen. Yeah. Like, you know. Exactly. Every, also, like, things have to be on my terms. Yeah, and, and, you know, that's, like, you don't have my consent. So I've already said no. You're not going to respect that. Then that's not cool. This is your PSA, folks, for <laughs> For a consensual friendship. New year, new you. Yeah. So if you have a toxic friendship that you need to that you need to extricate yourself from, then pull, pull do it. Up on. Um, I have never had a New Year's kiss, but I have had a kiss after New Year's though, which was really nice. Um, because for years I worked at a hotel and I always worked New Year's Eve, just because. Like, you know, I didn't have a special someone to have that spend that night with and all that stuff. So I was just like, you know, I'll yeah. just I, I worked, I volunteered to do it to give the other people on the staff who maybe had someone to, to do it with. And well, that is sweet. You are a martyr yeah. to the cause. Shut up. <laughs> to the cause of fuckery. <laughs> yes. I am a martyr to fuckery. Um, but not this year. But not this year. I got my little dork face and, yeah. you know, we're going to. We are, uh, we're probably going to, you know, just, he's going to make dinner and we're going to watch, uh, we're, we might watch more horror. I might force him to watch this. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, I think if you rewatched it, it will be better. I want to rewatch it knowing who the killer is and yeah. see like how that all plays out. So. Yeah. Cause again, I just, I really like Hulu's into the back to the, the subject matter. At the hand. horror. Um, you know, I enjoy the Into the Dark series because it, it, you know, it's, it's interesting. They're, you know, they're trying, you know, to, to, um, explore, like, I, I feel like they give opportunity. Yeah. You know, to new filmmakers and to writers, writers and, you know, and I, so I voices really, that we don't normally hear from. Exactly. So I fully support the, the series and I like, I like this. I thought it was fun. And just in that realm of, you know, uh, a cool slasher flick that, you know, again, pair this with satanic panic, pair it with, you know, um, 
Hellbent, actually, a night with both of the movies could be really fun with, like, your girlfriends. Yeah, that'd be really fun. This with Hellbent. girlfriends, I mean your other gay male friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Pair this with uh, last year's Into the Dark uh, yeah. for New Year's, New Year, New You. Yeah. Watch them both. Look like, at toxic friendships. Exactly. Which I love that that tends to be where they're going. It's, like, toxic friendships in... <laughs> Getting rid of, like, that's the one thing that these two films have in common is, like, get rid of your toxic friendships. <laughs> or, you know, or start, on you know, unraveling them. You know, I was talking to a friend the other day because our, our group that we have now, we've been together about 11 years, which is pretty miraculous, I think, that largely, you know, this little family unit has stayed pretty well in contact. Even as people have come and gone or, you know, a few of our friends have moved to different parts of the group. But we were sitting there talking and, you know, this friend of mine made a comment about um, another friend, totally out of love, you know, but it was just like, oh, well, you know how they always are. You know, it's just that thing that when you've been friends for 10 years, like you just kind of accept about them and you move on, you know, and it's like, yes, or maybe you stab them in the face one day. (laughs) because <laughs> you can't take any more of that bullshit. No. Yeah. Uh, but it was just like, that's what I was kind of thinking when I was watching this and how they're, they're dynamic. You know, like some stuff does kind of get in there and there are things that we accept about our friends and there are, there, then there are universal truths, you know? Mm-hmm. And what's really scary is when, when somebody says that to you and you think, oh my God, what does everybody know about me that I don't know? Yeah. You know? And like somewhere out there they get together and they're like, oh, but you know, Joshua, and it's just... I mean, you know, you know, and they all know something, but I don't, you know what I mean? And I think the same about my other friends, how we're all like, oh, you know her. Yeah. I wonder what they say. Don't about anybody me. tell her. I, 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 <laughs> what's funny is that, like, I, I have thought about this, but I've also thought about, like, well, I really don't care. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I go back and forth with that kind of I stuff. I mean, it, it kind of depends on what it is, but, yeah. like, I've thought about it and I'm like, well, I really don't care if they're not going to tell me, then <laughs> that maybe I just am not meant to know. No, I, yeah. absolutely. That's the thing. I mean, if it's something that keeps them from seeing you. But I'm like, these are all people that are in my house all the time. That we're always together at parties or together yeah. at, at events and things like that. And it's just like, it's like family. You know, there are family members who you're like, I'm just not even going to bother with that. Like, I yeah. love you so much. And this thing, I'm just going to let it go. Yeah. You know? And so, but sometimes those... You, you stop letting it go, and then you have a film like this. Yeah. <laughs> so the moral of the story in uh, in the new year, in the new decade, uh, you know, tell people what the fuck is, <laughs> ask people what the fuck their problem is. <laughs> there you go. So that way, you know, for their safety, if nothing else. Uh, anyways, well, this was <laughs> a fun a fun movie. I'm glad that we watched it. Um, I'm glad for another fun year of Fright School. Yeah. Um, so much going on. So many good horror films coming out, yes. too, in 2020. Yes, we've got lots to look forward to, and we still have a list a mile long of, of old movies to get to. Yeah. So stay tuned, folks. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. All right, Joe. Well. Happy New Queer. Happy. Well, Happy New Year to you as well. Yes. Old Lang Sign, all that old, stuff. Old Lang Bryant, yes. <laughs> <laughs> good night. Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davey Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California.
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 